Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. All right, guys, good morning. What's up, Game Changers? It is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, guys. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. I like Tuesdays, actually. Yeah, man. I don't know, they feel like you got all the like stuff that you've been like thinking about over the weekend taken care of, and now you can just, like, now you've settled into your week a little bit, you've got your plan, mm-hmm. you've got things settled out. Come on. I'm sure yours is a little different than mine, but... <laughs> no, man, it's, you know what, every day, you know, I, uh, every day, you know, I, I really have learned and to, to appreciate, for a different reason, the weekends, like, I've always been a worker, um, yeah. and, you know, probably borderline a workaholic by nature I could easily become a workaholic so years ago I shifted that so I used to look forward to weekends you know for you know different reasons I, I look forward to weekends now really because I find value in in family I find value in in resetting and it so it's not it's not like you know uh, man I can't wait you know just because man this week sucks or whatever it is I just legitimately find value in recharging your battery because I think that you know everything's better when you're when you're fresh mm-hmm. but uh so every day but every day during the week you know I just try to maximize the week try to maximize the day and I think that you know I really um uh, God showed me that scripture and really kind of brought it out several years ago the scripture in Psalms 118 that says you know this is the day the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it and then the next verse the 25th verse says save us and send prosperity and success so god's interested in our day it's not just a church scripture you ever notice like you heard you heard that scripture it was like the scripture that everybody would get up like if the the person who did the opening the announcements in the morning good morning blank church this is the day the lord has made i will rejoice and then the music kicks in the background you know you know rejoice in the lord you know all that and that's good but it's it's not about a sunday experience it's like this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Save us and send success and prosperity. And God cares about a day. I can't tell you how much deja vu that just hit me with <laughs> and all that because you said, I like to all that because that, that opening, <laughs> especially because you talked about like the person that does the introduction at church. Like mm-hmm. immediately I thought of like four people that I <laughs> distinctly remember a couple that of those always people standing the there. Like exactly. Like you got your gray I, I thought suit a couple on. people that you and I both remember. Oh yeah, of course. Like Dennis Jones up there. Just <laughs> dun, 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 right there. Oh. <laughs> That's yes, awesome. So how you guys doing today? What's up, man? Is everybody doing all right? I feel I'm doing good, great. Man. We talked about praise before breakthrough yesterday and today we're talking about comfort food. It already feels a little like Cracker Barrel. You know what I mean? It already feels a little like Buddy Freddy's. You know, what's your comfort? <laughs> hey, listen, we got people listening from all over. We have Dumasani from South Africa. We have Eddie. I don't know where Eddie, you know what? I should know this Eddie, but I don't know off the top of my head. We got Kevin Campbell from Texarkana, you know, uh, via the panhandle, via wherever he's from. We've got I mean, we've got people listening that we know of, and then we got people listening that we have no idea that you're listening right now. Where are you from? And if you can't tell us, if you can tell us in the comment, you know, where you're from, what's comfort food to you? But if you can't tell us, okay, like right now you're driving down the road, you're listening to us on Spotify, and this is not Tuesday, it's Thursday evening, that's when you're listening to us, and you're driving down the road, okay, 
look at somebody and tell them what comfort food is to you. What's comfort food? I mean, like, is it country? Is it, is it, is it Latin? You know, what's comfort food to you? If you can comment, put it in the comments, just what is a comfort food to you? All right. And, uh, not that we're going to talk about food today, but I just would like to know that from, or where we live, where you're from. And, but most, most important, I got off on that. What's comfort food to you, which may, may give us some indication of maybe where someone is from. What's comfort food to you, Mike? Uh, fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes. Okay. So Southern Southern food. All right. Sam, what's comfort food to you, buddy? I love Cuban food. I usually get like a nice roast pork with white rice, black beans and plasmos, man. Mm. I can just devour that all day. I love that too. (laughs) I'm hungry. Ez, what's comfort food to you, bro? Um, I kind of know where you grew up in your family a little bit. So I mean, like for me, honestly, comfort food is mostly like fried seafood, like shrimp, scallops, stuff like that. that. Not just because, I mean, like I could have said also to what Mike said, 100%. That's definitely something. But like, I just remember growing up, we went to the beach a lot and like, you know, with our family, we just always love seafood. So like, Mm. that's what we ate a lot and oh man i can kill it man so i'm hungry officially i know what my next three meals are (laughs) (laughs) we got pasta we have lamb curry we got oysters rockefeller man original born florida guy and uh, so we've got all kinds of stuff and so that's comfort food and you know um the reason we titled it this you know is we're looking we're looking through the scripture right we talked a little bit about psalms 23 yesterday and and i and, and this is i guess is another question and for some reason, you know, because of the scripture we're going to read here in just a minute to an Exodus, um, we decided to title it comfort food. But this will be a better question. OK, what is your favorite verse? Do you have a favorite verse? And then while you're thinking of that and while some of you guys are posting it, you're driving down the road. Maybe some of you guys are thinking about it. It's a hard question for me, by the way, because I'm, I'm legit. I've got scriptures all over my hands or, or depictions of it. I have the scripture, you know, uh, in Isaiah the part of the scripture that says be still and know then i have the scripture here in ecclesiastics that talks about his mercies being new every morning then i have romans eight twenty eight that says all things work together for the good i mean then i could say faith over fear and i can use in timothy where it says he's not giving us a spirit of fear but a power of, of love and of a sound mind and then i've got 70 times seven which you know hey jesus told peter hey you forgive somebody not seven times but 70 times seven you know so i mean there's a lot of scriptures i love but, but do you have a favorite scripture? Do you have one that's comfort to you? And I want to read the scripture and then I want to get your, you guys' take on it, okay? I want to read this scripture because whether this is yours or not, this is one that I think all of us take comfort in. And it's um, this version I like as well. But it's Psalms 23 and it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I know, I know the King James says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And, there's, and that's phenomenal. I love this version that says, I have all I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. And we need rest sometimes. You know, we need we need recharge. He lets me rest in green meadows. So he doesn't like make you lie down like in a stub in a pile of leaves or pile of rustle or stubble. Okay, he leads me beside peaceful streams. There's something about peaceful streams. Why? Because look, we need we need water to live. And but the peaceful stream gives us that that security. Like, hey, you know what? I can I can go there. There's water there. There's there's life there. But at the same time, man, it's like it, that sound of 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 that of that provision is there. That's what I get when I hear peaceful streams. It's like the it's it's peaceful because it's the God's God's the provider. He renews my strength. That's powerful as well because you know my my daughter just got a Tesla, 
And I know we need to get gas in our vehicles constantly, but it's a different, it's a different process with a Tesla. It's, you got to charge it, but it's also a different time frame because you, you see the mileage, but you really kind of take it for granted. And it seems like you're charging it more than you are gassing up a normal vehicle. And so we ordered quickly a charging station to have it installed in the garage because she's constantly at odd times, you know, trying to charge. But you have to recharge. What happens when you don't recharge your phone? So it's, you know, he renews my strength. We need our strength renewed. He guides me along right paths. Aren't you glad that he actually is, he loves you enough and I enough to tell us when something's not right and to show us the right path. He guides us along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, the King James says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but here in this version, he kind of breaks it out and says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, even when it's dark, even when I don't see it, even when I can't see my hand in front of my face, even when I don't see the answer, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. We talked about, you know, yesterday praise before breakthrough because God is there. He prepares a table in the middle of our enemies. So it's easy to be in the midst of our enemies if we know God's with us. So when he walked through the darkest valley, we won't be afraid because he's right beside us, right? So your rod and your staff protect <clears throat> and comfort me. We, we mentioned this part of the verse yesterday. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me <clears throat> by anointing my head with oil. He gives you fresh anointing. How many know that you need not only God's favor for life, but you need an anointing on your life. You don't need an anointing just to be a worship leader or anointing to be a preacher. Sometimes we think that that's the only anointing that God gives, the priestly anointing, right? He gives you and I an anointing to live, to walk through. He gives you an anointing to run your business, to be a parent, to be a spouse. So you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Well, Dave, you know what? I don't have this. I don't have that. And you can sit there and we can all find things that we're maybe that we um, need or that we desire. But here's the deal. We all, I think we'd all come to the conclusion that our cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and your mercy, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. King James says, follow me. But don't you like this better? Like it says, pursue me. It means like it's going to, if you, if you don't watch out, it's going to catch you. God's goodness and unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's comfort right there, guys. Like that's like eating my fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and gravy, and some mm. collard greens mm. and some biscuits, cornbread. I wasn't hungry until we started talking. That's like eating some fried shrimp. Yes, sir. Mm. <laughs> some clam strips. Some mm. fat Willie's fish camp. Oh, dude, it's <laughs> back, baby. <laughs> so happy. Sam, that's like eating some some pomblanos. Or so, or no, that's Mexican. That's like eating <laughs> some uh, some platinos. Yeah. You know, some some ropa vieja. I got that for lunch today, by the way. <laughs> some some black beans and rice. Yeah, man. <clears throat> right. Yep. What do you guys think? Talk to me a little bit. I think you Let's need to chill out, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you asked our favorite verse, I actually, for some odd reason, I thought of this yesterday. Um, I don't remember what caused the thought in my head, but you said something yesterday about what's your favorite verse, and it made me think. So I've been thinking about it for the past 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite verse in the Bible is also the shortest verse in the Bible. He wept. Mm. It was crazy to think when you read the context of that story that Jesus literally knew he was going to raise Lazarus out of his tomb. Mm -hmm. He knew he could do it. He knew he was going to do it regardless of what anybody around him said. But yet Jesus still took the moment to mourn the loss because he was close to him. And to me, it's always humanized Jesus to still say that if something is lost, he does actually have sorrow or sadness for it when something is lost like that. Even though he can bring it right back, he still mourns that loss. 
Mm. Even though he can resurrect anybody or anything from the dead, he still has that side of him. Because mm-hmm. you've always heard, you know, God is the Alpha, the Omega. He has the all-powerful. And I guess maybe in my mind, I always saw that as, you know, if something's lost or, you know, somebody passes, God doesn't necessarily, you know, weep or mourn over that. And it's always humanized him in that way for me. Yeah, that's strong. <clears throat> it, make, it brings the... Uh... It brings this scripture that we talk about that that we don't serve a high priest that's not touched by the feelings of our infirmity to to fruition. It brings it to light because it shows you that we really serve a, a Jesus who experienced pain, who mm-hmm. experienced rejection, who experienced the emotions that we experienced. I mean, and it makes it um, when someone's been there, when someone says, you know, not just hey, do this and you know look at my resume, but you know what? I've been there and then look at my, look at my battle scars, you know, look at, look at, look at my story. This is what I did. This is what I went through. I think it brings, um, it brings it into, uh, into the proper perspective for me. I like that. Mm. We're going to say, Sam, my favorite Bible verse. I mean, it's not really a Bible verse, but it's like the book of, uh, about the Ethiopian, uh, Ethiopian eunuch. That about, was reading the word. That was reading the, the word of God in the chariot. Exactly. And he, uh, he basically felt like he was unqualified to go to Jerusalem and to worship because of who he was. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I just like that verse, the fact that Philip, I believe it was Philip that went to him yeah. and he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? <clears throat> it was like, how do I understand what I'm reading? Nobody tells me. Mm-hmm. And basically he kind of, Philip told him about the Bible verse and converted him and he got baptized right there on the river. And I don't know, I just think that story is kind of like powerful, the fact that God leaves a 99 to chase after that one person. So um, I know I, I, when I read it, uh, I believe it was last year, it, it kind of like affected me in a way. Right. And I just love that Bible verse. I just think it's a great story. Leave the 99 right there. Left the 90, left the 99 and went after the one. That's the, mm-hmm. you guys got to get this new faith gear that was coming out. These guys, these guys yes, did sir. an amazing job right here. It's going to be coming out. Uh, when Mike, we'll actually make the announcement tomorrow. Originally it was supposed to be yesterday, but the leadership meeting for IPD got pushed back. So, uh, Okay, but yeah, we'll be we'll actually push all the uh, all the new designs out tomorrow morning. <clears throat> you guys are gonna love these. These are these are tight. Um, great great passage. One of my favorites as well. It's in Acts. Uh, uh, Philip, you know, Philip was on his way to. Here's another thing. He was on his way to to a big meeting. Mm-hmm. He was on his way to preach a revival, so to speak. Like he was he was transforming a city. It said that Philip, you know, was transforming a city. Like he was seeing cities get saved, but then he stopped on the side of the road for one guy. Yep. He stopped for one person and it was a person that, you know, you know, that he would have normally not they would have associated together. They were they were they were different, you know, completely different. And he saw him and and, and sat down and then it sat there and broke open the word of God. Led him to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really cool. He I got love baptized that. there. Got baptized right, right on there. the spot. He's yeah. like, you know what, let's lead you to the Lord. Oh, let's see that that camel trough right there. Let's just whoosh, yep. you know? <laughs> let's just baptize you right there. I love it, man. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, Exodus, you know, and uh, as I mean, <clears throat> feel free to break in. I'm, I just don't want to. You no, know. you can go ahead. Exodus 14. Um, this scripture is kind of a uh, the premise for um, the comfort food, and it, and it brings comfort. And I'm, I'm going to pose this scripture to you, Exodus 14, 14. And it's the version in the New Living Translation says this in that verse. It says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Um, another version says, God will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You know, how much, how much comfort's in that verse? Like, 
you can't lose when God's on your side. Like, I mean, like who could, it'd be like going up into, you know, in a fight, you know, with like the school bully per se. <clears throat> and you've got like your big brother behind you that that's like, that's like bad to the bone. You know what I mean? Like, like you got the, you got like, you got like your big brother is like Mike Tyson in his heyday, you know, something like Jesus Christ is saying it is, 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 is your elder brother. He's not just your savior. The Bible actually talks about as being your elder brother. Why? Because we are sons of God and we're heirs of God, but we're joint heirs with Jesus, who is also a son of God. So we're sons and daughters of God. By the way, ladies, hey, I know the Bible. I want you to get over it really quick about being a son of God because it says sons of God. But can I just say this? Because us men have to be a bride of Christ. Mm. So listen, you could be a sons of God if we got to be, if we're going to, if we got to be a bride. All right. So let's just, let's just call it even. (laughs) That's a good one. But sons of God, you know, and so is Jesus. So we're not only heirs of God, we're joint heirs of Jesus. And that scripture says, Mike, the Lord will fight for you. You just got to be still. So it's like when you get to the place where you're like, I just literally don't know what I'm going to do about this. I'm at my end. I'm at the end of my rope, my wits end. I'm at the very end. You can rest in the comfort food of the word of God and read things and let them illuminate and come up and, and encourage your spirit that says the Lord will fight for you. Just be still. It's like how comfort how comforting is that? Mm-hmm. And you won't gain a calorie. If I sit down right now and ate what Mike just named, listen, I've been working too hard for the last four months. Mike, you've been working too hard. You want that fried chicken and having mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, but man, let me just tell you right now. Undo everything you've done, you know, uh, you know, working out. I mean, you could do cheap meals and what have you, but the reality is you can sit down and that comfort food, you know, it feels good, but it brings no edification to the body in any way, shape, or form, but the word of God, the comfort food that comes with the word of God, man, brings life. It's like, it's like ultimate comfort. Mm. That's, that's strong. That's powerful to me. Yeah. Whenever I leave God for some strange reason, like my life becomes like more sporadic whenever I take things in my own control in my own hands. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I do it. Like when I like sometimes question God or when I leave him, but I realize that when I come closer to him and I when, when I draw near to him, is when everything becomes more peaceful and more still and less chaotic. So, yeah. That's good stuff. When the battles are the scariest, the Lord wants us to remember this guarantee. He will fight for us, and it is a promise of God that is woven through Scripture. If there's one thing that's that's literally weaved throughout Scripture, is that God will fight for us, and he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never abandon us. Amen. He'll fight for us regardless of our state. Peter turned his back on him and denied him. We just we just learned mm. this, you know, in the Easter, yeah. you know, right around that time frame. And here's the craziest part: the night before Jesus looked at him and said, "Peter's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you to death." And he goes, "No, you're not. You're gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows." No, 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 Peter, you're gonna do it. And then not only that, but you know, in one version of the Bible. Not all the versions de- depict it the exact same way, but here's the crazy thing. The one version of the Bible points out clearly that Jesus was right there looking at across him. the other side of the yard when it happened. Looking at him. So it's like, I'm, I'm sitting there, Mike's like, hey, man, you're, you're going you're to deny me. No, nah, I'm not going to. Mike, I'm not going to. I mean, you're going to say you don't even know me. No, I'm not. And then Mike's like standing 10 feet away from me, and somebody asked me, you know, Mike, no, I don't know him. And I to look at Mike, and Mike's like, do you know how comfortable and scary that must have been? Just like knowing that you were wrong, and Jesus just like looking at you when you just denied him. I was actually going to ask, have you ever been? <clears throat> but how comforting it was. Because you know what? Jesus looked at him. 
Jesus, Jesus didn't look at him with condemnation. Yeah. Jesus looked at him with love. Immediately yeah. said, I forgive you. I guarantee it. There's something that came over Peter that caused him because in before Mike said that, because Peter went and wept bitterly. You think he went and wept bitterly because he was just disgusted with himself. No, he, he went and wept bitterly and repented because the grace of God was so strong in that moment. I guarantee the look that Jesus had penetrated Peter's mind and heart so much so that he was like, I have to go repent because this guy just forgave me with his eyes. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Because when you go to repent, yeah, when you go to repent, you don't repent out of guilt. You repent when you truly repent in something. You you, you repent because you when you, you you repent because you have guilt from the enemy, and then you go, you just you, you get so, and then finally you hear the voice of God break through and go, that guilt's not for me. Yeah, you get it. The guilt's not for me. And then you go, he, he's like, I forgive you, and you're like, what? All this happens like immediately. And then you let go of that. And then all of a sudden, like the floodgates of, 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 of break open and you, you cry and you repent because it's like, I, I can't believe you'd forgive me. Mm. I can't believe that guilt that whole time wasn't even you. It was the enemy because God can't, God's not going to make you feel good. What were you going to say, Mike? I was going to say, have you ever had a situation where you're, you're talking to God and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. And God's just been like, you're going to mess up. Right. <laughs> I know you, I know you, I know you're, you're, you're excited. But basically the same concept. Has ever God ever just looked at you and been like, this is going to happen. Just be aware. Yeah, have I, you're asking me if I ever? Just in general, has anybody ever had that happen where you're, you're going into something and you're telling God, I'm going to go at this 100%. God's like, you're going to fall. Roughly roughly seven-tenths of a mile in, you're going to trip and hit your face. I don't know that I've been instructed that it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But I've gone into something and like, oh, I got this. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, this is, this is all me, bro. And then he's like, mm, it's not. <laughs> Let's shut it down real quick. It was quick. just funny to think about. It was like, has God ever done that to anybody aside from Peter? Where Peter, he's like, oh, I'm, I'll follow you. And well, you're going to deny me three times. It's like, has anybody else ever had that situation where you're going into something full heart? God's like, well, this is what's going to happen. <clears throat> I'm not sure that, yeah, that's a great question. Actually, I'm not sure that God does it that way uh, most of the time. Because I think what he did, I think he did it that way. I mean, if you notice a lot of things in the Bible don't happen exactly like that to us. I think they happen for us. They happened so that it was they were they were the lesson can be taught. I think they happened to us, but I think what Jesus does now is gives us the benefit of the doubt over and over again. His grace is so big; it's like when you say something, like if you say something to your spouse, or if you say something to me, if you say if I say something to you, we say something to each other. We have we have we know that there's fa- fallacy and imperfections, and we go, okay, yeah, yeah, right, okay, yeah, you said that last time, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do that, I mean, I, okay, I, I mean, maybe you will, but, you know, I doubt, you. even if we don't say that, we think that, I think genuinely, Jesus is like, all right, this time, let's get, this time, I think you're gonna do it, and I think he genuinely gives us the benefit of the doubt in his grace, and of course, he knows, but I, but, but there's something about him knowing all things, and then yet still being able to completely, fully support us, and really believe that we're gonna get it this time, I think, like, I think he genuinely pulls for us, yeah. obviously. And then, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I think, I think that he knows. <laughs> I don't think he says it out loud, but I think he, I think he knows, you know, like now nah, Dave, Dave's going to jack this up <laughs> and, uh, you know, okay. But there's a lesson to be learned, like you said. Cause he didn't tell Peter when Peter got out of the boat and wanted to walk on water, he didn't go, all right, get out of the boat. But in about 10 steps, you're going to sink and I'm gonna pick you up. He didn't tell him there. No, like he, he just said, come on. He just said, come on. I think what Peter was doing, I think the difference in Peter <laughs> in the two positions, I think Peter was being cocky. Like Peter walking on water was a little scared and apprehensive and saying, man, I, I can't believe I'm about to do this. And Jesus was encouraging his faith. The other way, Peter was like right self-righteous. He was like, hey, I'm going to go with you till death. Are you kidding me? 
They're not going to be able to peel me off of you. They come get you. They got to take me with you. Well, really, Peter? Because you're going to deny me three times before morning. Mm. No, what? What? You know, that's what I think kind of, he had that attitude. He did it earlier in another time when the disciples, when he, right before that, right before, actually right before that, when he was, and it was Peter that he rebuked, it kind of rebuked when he said in Luke 22, he said like he was given communion and he said, the one that's going to portray me is around you. He's talking about Judas and all of the disciples looked around and they were like, who is he? Who's he talking about? And then they went, listen, then they went on from like, who's he talking about? They had to start arguing. Because it says clearly from one verse, you got to read it. It says from one verse to the other. They, first thing he, when he says that, they looked around, they were wondering who it was. And then they were, it says right after that, it says, and they begin to like say, uh, they begin to talk about how good they were. Mm. Like it, it's, I forget how it says it in Luke 22, but they went on from saying, I wonder who it is to like, well, it can't be me. I can hear like John being like, well, I'm the beloved. And Peter's like, well, I walked on water, you know, and like Matthew's like, what are you talking about? You know, like in other words, all these people, they started bragging about what they did. And Jesus looks at Simon or Peter right in the middle because Simon, Satan wants to have you and sift you as wheat. But I pray that your faith will not. That's when he told him that. He, when you're converted, strengthen, strengthen the pe- everybody. In other words, Jesus told him, Satan desires to have you. Right in the middle of all of that. I'm not trying to go off topic, but sometimes I wonder some of the parables we know if they were just like social experiments. And Jesus is like, I wonder what will happen if I just do this. <laughs> like, I wonder I wonder what will happen if I just say one of y'all is going to betray me right. and just walks away. It's like, and like, and just sits back like this. he's like, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't mean to start history. Like, here. Like, <laughs> he goes off into the trees and he's just sitting there just watching what takes place. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Watch this. Sam's about to slap Ezra. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, oh, right there. Look, Mike's going to get mad. They're pushing his buttons. They're pushing his buttons. There it is. That's the mic I made. Sorry to go completely off topic but when we talk about some of these parables it's all i can think about is like god jesus was just like hmm, i wonder what will happen if i just Listen, man this. i like, got I, no problem my my jesus is a savage all right <laughs> <laughs> my jesus is a savage he can handle it yeah. <laughs> i love what dumasani said uh he said he pulled out psalms 127 he said check this out it's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night anxiously working for food to eat for god gives rest to his loved ones and if and by the way I know Dumasani doesn't think this. And if you if you took this scripture, those listening, as like, well, you know, God doesn't want me to work. And then wrong answer, it's it's God doesn't want you to strive. Strive. Have just to strive. He wants you to rest in it. Don't strive. Right? Don't have anxiety over it. Don't fret over it. And you go, well, how do I do that? And I the only way I've ever learned how to not do that is is to constantly be aware that i do it number one because you you do it and then and then try my best to not take it out of his hands and and try to do it for him it's like if you think about this for a second you would never do we do this with god but think about how think of the ludicrous of this okay what i'm about to say you have a case mike you get arrested and you're going to go to court and you hire an attorney. Your attorney's good and he's got a law degree. And then you're, you sit there and he's in the middle of what he's doing that only he can do. Matter of fact, they even frown upon you doing it yourself, even if it worked. And all of a sudden you go, in the middle of it, you just take it from him. And you go, whoa, 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 your honor. I fired my attorney. And you just start taking it out of his hands. Or how about this one? You're under freaking anesthesia and you're getting surgery and you kind of come out from under the ether and you're like, give me the scalpel. You know, and you start working on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Give me this. You wouldn't do that. But yet we take it 
from the from the master's hand. <laughs> because what? Because he's God, and because I don't know why. I mean, like he's more qualified than any any man, any woman, yeah. any human. So I think the answer is how do you not how do you not do it? So you got to work, but you just don't have to fret over it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's hard to do, but you know you can get better at it by leaving it in his hands. Yeah. I don't know. It's still hard. I also like the fact that once after, you know, Peter betrayed Jesus, he went back to going fishing, mm-hmm. like something that like he loves to do in the, where he uh, originally, did he originally meet Jesus going yeah. fishing? Yeah. He met him. He met him the same way. That was like his right comfort. You know, that was like something That's that he point. loved to do. And <clears throat> Jesus saw him. He was like, throw it on the other side, you know, right mm-hmm. after once he resurrected. And that's a great I, point. Actually. I just love that conversation that they, that he had with Jesus and Jesus asked him, you know, do you love me? Mm. He was like, of course, you know, of course I love you. Then he asked him two more times, do you love me? Mm-hmm. And I was like, of course. And I, I don't know, like, the the dialogue by heart or, you know, um, in my head. But I don't know, I just feel like that's kind of like a, a powerful scripture and something mm-hmm. that my dad always preached upon. And, you know, I didn't really understand until I read it on my own and how impactful and how powerful the scripture and the story is. By the way, I want to say good morning to Cameron Bailey. Senior um, had a couple comments on LinkedIn. I want to read one. Uh, there's a difference between telling God what I'm going to do as compared to acknowledging him, Proverbs 3, 4 through 6, and asking for direction. Amen. Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. And that's the key, that's the key right there, Cameron. Great, great point, insight there. The key is uh, doing it, following God and the Holy Spirit's leading. But on that passage, really quick on what he just said, uh, said it's interesting because that that's a great food for thought no pun intended no great food for thought going into uh the day as we in the podcast here how about this so where is your comfort because if you're not finding the comfort food in the word of god so peter when jesus when jesus left before before he was converted the bible said i pray that your faith fail not when you're converted strengthen the brethren strengthen people so before peter was converted he wept bitterly but before he was completely converted and brought back into ministry peter went back to fishing he went back to the comfort that he knew so you're getting comfort from somewhere from somebody from something where's the comfort coming from and why not god's word that's a so that's a great point that I never thought of. So you're getting your comfort from somewhere. So Peter went back to what he knew, but it wasn't what he was called to do. Mm. So are you doing what you know or what you know that God's called you to do? That's powerful. And by the way, really they can they can go together. Marketplace ministry is a big deal. You don't have to stand behind a pulpit to preach. I've done that and there's nothing wrong with that. And I will do that again. And I love that. But here's the deal marketplace ministry there's a the, the majority of human beings are here monday through it's, it's you know monday through friday out in the world and we're called to reach them what are you doing with that turn turn what you do from nine to five so to speak into something that god can use right give it to him amen <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna pick this up tomorrow can we because we have yeah. we have another couple pages of notes there so we uh, we don't have anything else i don't think right on the docket for tomorrow already Mm-mm. all right cool so we'll, we'll come up with a working title for tomorrow and we'll wrap this thing up with the last three pages of notes and uh just staying along the line so yesterday we talked praise uh, we talked about praise um before my breakthrough and today we talked about comfort food and tomorrow we'll just wrap this up all right Song of the day today, because uh, we've talked so much about comfort things. Um, it's probably one of my biggest comfort songs when I'm going through rough times um, from Elevation. It's called All Things New. Amen. Um, Dave's probably heard it. I don't know how many yeah. people have heard it, but it's a great song. <clears throat> Just talks a lot about um, really, you know, even even when things are really, really difficult, you got to understand that sometimes you're going through a rough patch because God is bringing something new into your life. And sometimes 
that's what you need the most. So right. check it out. Amen. We'll have the uh, stuff to post tomorrow. We'll actually probably have images up tomorrow at the end of the podcast. So we'll show everybody on here the drop, and then we'll also have it up on social um, so you guys can see all the new drops coming with Faith Gear. Amen. Cool beans, man. Might yeah. even give something away. Maybe. Maybe. And on that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villa's Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.